It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Welcome to Daily Thunder Down Under with Ben Price, and uh, it's great to be joining you again. I could call this weekly Thunder Down Under, but that could just confuse people, I'm sure. So we'll, we'll keep it simple, and it's Daily Thunder Down Under. And we're doing a series called Laughing in the Face of Adversity, which might sound a little unnatural, and uh, it, it, it's not natural, it's supernatural, because we can't typically laugh unless it's a nervous laugh when we're in the face of adversity. And so uh, I hope this has been really helping you and enriching you. It's something that I'm uh, very much identifying with because I know what adversity is. I know what laughter is. I want to see these two uh, combined. I don't want the adversity, but if I'm going to, which it will with Christians, it's part of our lives. I want to be able to have that heavenly laugh because the natural laugh just won't cut it. So the first one we looked at, the first episode was a merry heart. And I can't help but speak like Robin Hood, like a merry heart with my merry men and I'm full of merriment. Ha 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 ha. That might sound really weird if you don't realize that I do impressions. But uh, that's something you can go back and have a listen to. And the second episode was, uh, oh, it's only you. So uh, that was fun where I looked at having this perspective when we realize how big God is compared to the enemy. It's that perspective of knowing greater is he that is in us, capital H, he, than little h, he that is in the world, right? When we get that, uh, then again, we can laugh in the face of adversity. So this episode I'm calling, I can't help it. So there's another expression that we all use, I can't help it. And uh, so we're going to unpack that a little more as we get into this. So I just got back the other day from a family holiday. It's uh, summer here where I am in Australia. And it was a wonderful time with the family. Uh, I know this is a winter series, but uh, for me, down under, it's it's summer. And uh, we had this lovely time and I'm coming back on the airplane and I'm sitting there reading a good book and uh, just engrossed in that. Now, my daughter, who's 15, leant across and said, Dad, are we going to be okay with the turbulence? I said, what? Um, oh, now, I didn't even realize I'm, I'm so much in my book that I had no idea there was turbulence. And it took me maybe 30 seconds to a minute to realize, oh, yeah, <laughs> there is turbulence. And I said, yeah, it, it's nothing. <laughs> and I'm literally laughing in the face of adversity. No, nah, this is no big deal. And I'm not laughing at her because I, I don't want to do that, obviously. But I'm laughing at, no, this is nothing. I realized the perspective here. And for her, though, you know, you can understand concern and concern's fine. It's good. But there may have been a little, a little slight bit of worry or slight anxiety. She wasn't panicked too much, but it was me reassuring her. No, there's there's nothing to worry about. We're, we're good and, and God's in control. And it's, hey, this is totally fine. I'm used to it. In fact, I've trained in this. And so I'm seeing it from a different perspective. I know what it's like having flown so often. And when you see the um, flight attendants, often their face has a calm, relaxed look. And they're not affected by the turbulence. And that's the perspective that, that we want to gain in any adversity. If, if we can see, hey, God's perspective, he's calm, he's okay, and so should we be. 
um, and especially when we've trained in it. And it reminded me of uh, about 18 months ago, my son had finished or he was finishing his year 11 and he was doing his exams. Now, at the end of last year, he finished year 12. So that's high school done and dusted for him. And he's now uh, about to work and he's driving and he's uh, 18 now. So it's this new perspective in life. But uh, at that time, yeah, he was just uh, about to turn 17 he uh, had his exams on. Now, exams can be quite the stress for uh, anyone that's doing them, any student that's undergoing exams. I know what it's like. It can be a stressful time. And so he's going through that. But added to that pressure was that we're in Melbourne, and I've talked about this. We had, uh, I don't know what number lockdown, because we had about six lockdowns. And so when you total those days up, it was like 263 days of lockdown. So crazy. It's like, yeah, we've done time. We're out on parole now. <laughs> it was just mad. But we had, uh, yes, yeah, stage four lockdown, which uh, it, stage five, I believe, is prison. But yeah, stage four lockdown meant that you could not go outside your house yet after 9.30. So, you know, if you're putting the garbage out, you, you, it's 9.31. You could get fined. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how lenient they were on that, you know. Uh, if you're at the drive-thru at KFC, you're like, hurry, hurry, I could get locked up. And uh, yeah, but you could only go out for the essentials, like your your groceries. You can only be out for one hour a day. You could only uh, travel within five kilometers and you'd had to wear a mask even if you're outside on your own. And, you know, I know we had all kinds of restrictions, uh, but this was where I was. It was so harsh. And yeah, traveling in that space was was very difficult. And I could see that, there was a lot of stress because he's nearly 17 at this point and they're at an age where they want to have that social interaction and it's lacking and a lot of people felt the weight of that and the stress of that and this was all around the time of the 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 vaccines and not to talk about that so much but you know there was um because you know people have different views on that and i respect that uh if they you know have chosen in good conscience one particular way that's uh that's their conscience decision but uh, when there's coercion, that's never a good thing. And so you've got all this going on. And uh, yeah, I could see my, my son's countenance. His, his face had a, a stressed look that I didn't want to see. As a parent, you want to see them happy and relaxed. And, and so on this particular day, the, the restrictions had just eased. So it's now you could travel. Uh, you know, sometimes they'd make it 10. But in this case, 25 kilometers. It was like, wow, this is great. And we got to drive... Uh, well, anywhere, really. It didn't matter where I was going. It was like, let's just get out and see places that we haven't seen in months. And so we were driving and it was a good opportunity to pray and, and to have a discussion. I said, look, I can see this stress on your life. And I said, look, uh, can you imagine, right? Now, he was nearly 17. If you were uh, eight years old, right? And you've, you've done a math tests. And I would say math is not, number one in our house. It's not even right up there. It's <laughs> it's not the worst, but it's not the best. And you could be doing that test and you'll struggle with it and you're scrunching up your face and you're scrunching up the paper even. You, you're throwing the pencil down on the floor. And I can't do this. I just, like, oh, I just can't do it. And it's so hard and it's stressful. And I said, if you as like 17 years of age at, at this particular time, I'm telling him this, were to do that exact same test, how do you think you'd go? He said, oh, I'd 
be easy. I said, of course. You do it in five minutes. You go, done, put the pencil down, and you'd be sitting there so happy. And, and you'd laugh. you go, <laughs> I finished it. It was so easy. It was a piece of cake, right? Because now you, you've trained in that. Well, hopefully, yeah, I, I would hope <laughs> that he would actually do a lot better. And so what I showed him was, you know, this perspective. Because God sees the test that he's gone through. You know, the stress of all the exams and all the lockdowns. God sees that as not just a grade three test, but maybe a kindergarten test. Not even that. It's so easy. God, God could just click his fingers and, hey, it's done. Blink his eyes and it's done. It, it'll laugh. It, like, it's so easy. And it's like, well, of course, because he's God. He can do anything. Jeremiah says, is anything too difficult for God? And we know nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing. And so it's so easy. And I said, wouldn't it be great if God was able to do the test of what you're going through right now? He said, well, of course. And I said, you know, he can, right? Really? Of course. Because his strength is made perfect in weakness. And this is from Paul in 2 Corinthians where in uh, verse 9 to 10 from chapter 12, he says, uh, he said to me, so this is God speaking to Paul, my grace, or you could say my power, my my strength, my my grace is sufficient. It's, it's enough. It's more than enough even for you. Because, um, well, you know, the adversity that Paul is facing is a thorn in the side. And that was something that uh, was causing... I guess uh, the stress that you could be feeling with exams or with turbulence or with whatever situation, this is his adversity that he's facing. And he prayed that it would go away. And so here's God saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. Uh, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Just pause right there. There's a comma right there. So let's pause. Uh, you could say I'd rather boast in my adversity. Isn't that strange? But but we know that this is the power of God, right? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. And then in verse 10, it says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Can you imagine saying that? Or, or adversity, you could say. Uh, it says, In reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so this was great advice to be able to share with my son as he was going through adversity. And maybe you're going through something at the moment. You could look at those and go, well, turbulence. Yeah, you're like me. <laughs> it's nothing because you've trained in that. Uh, exams. Yeah, I've done those. No big deal whatsoever. But for people that are going through those things, it really is adversity. But the same principle will apply to whatever you're going through. But I will say this. You see, for my son, it was probably this new level because he had been through difficulty, but this was a whole new level. And I would say that's really what the whole world is going through right at this point in time. Because when I think about all the news that's happening, it can really weigh on us so much. And I remember back probably in about 2007, maybe 2008, there was a time where I remember uh, all this crazy stuff going on in the world where you had uh, earthquakes in Japan. There was some, I think it was Egypt where there was some unrest. And, you know, I think it was leading up towards the the, the KFC, no, the, <laughs> the GFC, I should say, 
the global financial crisis. And so you had all this stuff and I thought, gee, the world has gone crazy, right? And yet compared to today, that's just like, well, that's just this morning's news. And this afternoon, there'll be a whole lot more because it's just so much. And it's this whole new level of capital A adversity that we're not accustomed to. And you see, we could go, oh yeah, that was a tough year. I had that going on and we prayed and we got through it. Whereas now it's so much, it's so big. Now, one of the first things I want to say, and it's it's one of my favorite verses growing up, and I, I still love this. I, I'll always love this. It's from 1 Peter 5, verse 7. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So that's talking about Jesus. Um, it, it sometimes will say in some versions, casting all your anxieties upon him, because the adversity that we face can be uh, something that leads to anxiety in our life and that we, you, it's good to care about things, but sometimes that care will weigh down on us. We can be burdened with prayer for something, but to be under the weight of all the the news that's going on globally or, or the things that are going on in your life and all the adversity that we're facing. And let's let's be real, in the last few years, we know that that adversity has ramped up. It's capital A adversity. And particularly if you're a Christian, when you see, you know, sometimes, well, some of the news we could just kind of cluck our tongue and go, oh, that's no good. And, and we could pray for that, but it doesn't directly affect us. Whereas now it's it's aimed at us and we're under threat. And so it's it's heavy on us. And so this is a beautiful verse here where we are casting all our care upon him, upon Christ, for he cares for you. And I love it because Peter was, uh, before he, you know, was the apostle, he was a a fisherman and Peter was used to uh, casting a net. When I think of fishing, it's like a little rod with a a little flick of the wrist and a cast. And I'm not not a great fisherman, but Peter would have had a giant uh, net on the boat and just thrown it out into the sea And sometimes I've imagined when I am overwhelmed with adversity and there's all these little things that all add up and it just weighs down on you. It's like you could have uh, weight, you're carrying uh, groceries in, you know, and someone gives you just a little bit more and just a little bit more to carry. Well, normally you'd be okay with that, but because of the extra weight you're carrying with the grocery bags, you're feeling like I can't take any more. I can't take any more. And it's like, sometimes I'll uh, even write my issues or problems or concerns on a little, uh, you know, sticky note or something like that. And just see God, you take it. And I'm, I'm literally like, I'm casting that on God. And sometimes I even have to say, God, uh, <laughs> I, I can't even let go of these things because they, they're stuck in my mind. Can you just take that as well? And it's amazing just how that alleviates the stress. And so there's half the battles there. But the second part is that God will give you his strength because it's not just like, oh, just take it away from me and I can sit down and relax. Well, we still need to go through the issue because it's still there. But God will give you his strength and it's perfect in your weakness. And he's going to train you in that just as I was trained in learning how to cope with the turbulence uh, because of multiple flights that I've done, so too God is going to train us in godliness, as it says in 1 Timothy 4.8, training in godliness because it's for this life 
and the next life. And so it's, it's a great thing to be able to be trained in that, but not in our strength. It's in his strength because uh, I can't help it. I can't do it. And so we'll talk about that in a moment as well. Proverbs 27, 15, it says a continual dripping on a very rainy day. It could be raining where you are. We, we get a lot of rain. It's not, as, as I say this, it's a beautiful sunny day. So, uh, but typically it's, it, there's a lot of rain where I live. Uh, a continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious or quarrelsome, depending on the version, woman are alike. So don't you love that? A quarrelsome woman is compared to a dripping uh, tap or a dripping uh, gutter maybe. And, uh, but not, not to throw the women under the bus. It's also <laughs> in Proverbs nineteen thirteen. it says, A foolish son is the ruin of his father and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. So we both uh, can be like that. Uh, all of us have that tendency to be annoying, like a dripping tap. And, and that can be really annoying, right? If you've had a, a, a dripping tap before, it can be like, okay, that's no good. Maybe tighten the, the tap. Maybe uh, maybe it's continual. And so you need to call a plumber because it can get really frustrating. And, and that is, is what, uh, I, I would say that's what the problems that we're facing now, because it's not just one little drip that, oh, okay, that's no good. This is capital A adversity. It's like news items that are raining and dripping. And it's it's really uh, just this incessant drip that will not stop. And we get to the point where we go, I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. And I'm sure there's people out there that will resonate with what I'm saying right now, uh, if I'm not the only one. That news that can be constant, and even people that are well-meaning, Christians even, that will send you news stories, but they can be so overwhelming because it it's hard. We're just getting over this and we're just getting over that. And I'm just trying to deal with this and I'm just trying to keep my head up above of the water here. And, um, and now I've got to deal with this. It's just too much. And it's like that dripping tap. That's how I compare it to. In fact, the ancient Chinese torture method uh, is a dripping tap or a dripping um, on, on someone's head. They would you know tie them down so that they uh, can't move and there's constant dripping on their head. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound torturous, you know, when you think about other torture methods out there, you know, imagine a, a James Bond movie we've got, uh, James Bond, yes. And, and he's always being tortured, right? And sometimes they uh, use those uh, stretching devices like the medieval ones, like in Braveheart, where they stretch your body out and... Uh, <laughs> But the Chinese, they go, oh, I think maybe we'll get a dripping tap, you know, and uh, uh, that's my Chinese accent for you. If you want to, uh, I will put a dripping tap on your face. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't sound torturous. You'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, no, not a problem. And at first it's not, you know, it's it's not great, but it's it's no big deal. It's actually maybe even relaxing. Oh yeah, it's a bit of water. It's, um, yeah, it's nice. It's okay after a minute. Okay, that's kind of annoying after an hour. Eh. I'm still okay, but yeah, it's it's frustrating. I don't want this, but yeah, it's okay. It's not the worst. It's not like uh, knives or uh, it's not the stretching of my body. It's not, it's not torture really. But after a long period of time, it's going to be that incessant dripping, drip, drip, drip. And it will be like um, almost like a hammer or even a knife going into the, the skull where it's just, it's actually not just the, the physical because it would, 
but it's the um, the psychological damage it can be on a person and it can drive, it's said to drive someone insane. And so that constant dripping uh, sounds horrible. But yet I think that's what a lot of the adversity that we're dealing with, when we talk about laughing in the face of adversity, yeah, we can laugh because I can say, well, I've been through that situation. I can laugh at that. But what we're experiencing in the world right now, and it's hard to define exactly what, because there's so much And I'll just sort of put it all together in one and just say all that capital A adversity that we know we're seeing in the last few years is what we're facing. Could it get worse? Potentially. Yeah, just like that dripping tap, it could get a lot worse. But yet still, I believe that we can actually not just deal with it and go, all right, I'm doing okay. I'm coping. I'm switching off and I'm getting through it. But I actually believe we can thrive and even laugh in the face of that capital A adversity that we're experiencing right now. And it reminds me, when I look at the story of David and Goliath, and I never get tired of that because it's in the Old Testament, I I think it's my favorite story. Uh, As much as when I look at the gospel in the New Testament, I never want to tire of that. I think when we get tired of the gospel is the moment we need it the most. And so I love the story, but I put myself in the position of the Israel army. Not so much David, uh, because David really was a type of Christ in that. And we are like the the weak ones in that. We're, we're the ones like uh, Saul. And, and Saul, as you know, uh, had the natural strength. In 1 Samuel 10, 23, it says uh, in, in the second part of that, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. So I'm probably, uh, I I guess, six foot four. I'm just under six foot four. And so he might have been my height. He might have been a little taller. And so he's used to uh, adversity. He's used to battles. And they're doing well with that. But suddenly it's like a dripping tap. Suddenly it's like nonstop turbulence. All of a sudden, this is a giant that there's this standoff for 40 days and there's this tormenting going on. And that's what the, the dripping tap can be like. It's, it's torturous and it's tormenting. And you suddenly realize, I can't do anything. And I know what that feels like, where you feel this powerlessness and you're faced with this. And I would imagine, because when I've been faced with something that overwhelms or devastates me, I feel like, God, could you just take this away? <laughs> like like Paul, uh, he prayed three times. And I always wonder, why didn't he keep praying? I'd pray three times a day. But he had a, uh, a constant prayer. But God said, my, my grace is sufficient for you. And it, it's the same thing. We, we could get overwhelmed with problems. And God, could you just take it away? Could you please just take Goliath away? They're probably thinking, even praying, God, take him out of the picture. I don't know how you're going to do it, God. Maybe he'll have a a brain aneurysm. Hey, that'd be good. He could just fall down. Maybe he'll eat something uh, around the campfire and he'll wake up with gout and his leg will be like, ow, ow, I, I have to sit this one out, guys. And they're like, oh, good. Yeah. And we'll just defeat you. Maybe he'll just go, yeah, I'm I'm bored with you guys, and uh, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Oh, yeah, no worries. See you, Goliath. 
Whew, that was close. <laughs> and sure, that would have been great. And, you know, God sometimes will answer a prayer exactly the way we pray. Could you take care of this? And, and you get healed of something. And it's it's great when, when that happens. I love it. <laughs> but yes, we know God often goes exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think or ask. And God will want us to not just uh, see it, yeah, go away, but we will go through it. And yes, we will endure it and actually face, just like David had to face it, he actually went through it. Um, but he actually, I don't know that David laughed, but the the confidence he had there could have easily been a laugh because he knew the power of God and he knew that his strength was perfect in weakness. And with that comes a confidence where I can laugh in the face of danger because I believe in God and I believe in his strength and that his grace is sufficient. And I can actually enjoy, or as, as Paul says, to take pleasure in infirmities. I can take pleasure in this adversity, even though it's a dripping tap, even though it's a exam that I've never faced, even though it's a turbulent situation that I've never been accustomed to, I can laugh in the face of adversity and I can go through it. And David knew that too, because, well, he writes in Psalm 23, even though I walk through a valley of a shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And yes, that's obviously a metaphor of being close to death, uh, and yet it was a real place that he had to walk through on occasions, and it's probably uh, it's thought to be where the road to Jericho, where you you, you hear about the Good Samaritan story, and he this uh, guy was beaten up by robbers and left on the side of the road. That was more than likely that place, that place where you never want to go there on your own uh, because it's a rough spot, and yet even though you could walk through that valley of a shadow of death. He could say, I'll fear no evil. I'm not worried. My heart's not troubled. I've got the joy of the Lord. Um, he knew the strength of God was perfect in that adversity, in that weakness. He could take pleasure in that adversity of the um, the shadow of death. It's, it's a sort of weird place to think about, isn't it? I'm just going down to the shadow of death. <laughs> Doesn't sound. It does sound scary, but uh, it's it's a funny name. I wonder if they had signs that said that. I um, was sharing the gospel with someone who uh, gave off a vibe of that because uh, I've encountered all kinds of people in my um, gospel tearing where you know I do street evangelism and I saw a guy who said I'm from the Church of Satan and that's how he said it too. Uh, extra intimidating, and he was he was even taller than me. Remember, I said I was. Six foot, just under six four. I think he was six foot eight. Uh, he looked really tall and intimidating. And he was trying to, uh, I don't know what he was trying to do, but he was rambling on and uh, obviously demonically influenced. He, uh, it was kind of funny, not not hilarious, but he, he pulled out a, uh, a card from his pocket and he goes, oh, oh, not that one. And I was like, what? And then he pulls out a Joker card. He had like a deck of cards. I'm like, what? <laughs> And he starts talking about, I have no idea what he was saying. And he had these uh, symbols he was doing with his hands, which was really weird. Um, and I just thought, look, I'm going to cut straight to the chase. There's no sort of reasoning with this guy. And said, look, Satan has 
blinded the hearts and minds of unbelievers. I said, you need to take this. You need Jesus. And I went to give him a tract and he said, oh, I don't need that. And a whole bunch of expletives came out and he was swearing at me as he walked off. And, you know, it was something that I, I wasn't laughing at him, but in, afterwards I was like, huh, like, really? You think I'm going to be afraid of that? Because I, I was able to laugh in the face of adversity. Um, still being careful, mind you, right? <laughs> still having that wisdom. But I knew God was with me. And I think the thing was, I knew that I could cope with that because I knew his strength is perfect in my weakness. Because I'm not being constantly hounded and tormented by this guy. He's not ringing me up every day, thank God. Like someone like Goliath would be that constant dripping tap. And so what I want to say is even then, that's the same principle that we continually keep casting all our care on him for he cares for you. And that will, as I said, alleviate half the battle. God's got it. But as I go through it, we can have joy because we can know that his strength is perfect in weakness. And whenever I've had someone who's been difficult in my life and you're going to have people like that. And I've had people that I love and I'm grateful for. Uh, I have a wonderful team that come out sharing the gospel with me. Every now and then, God will allow someone in my life who is there uh, a lot more than, you know, than just a one-off encounter. And and yet it's, it's like a thorn in your side sometimes. And it's like, God, can you just please take that person out of my life? Because it's causing me to feel a weakness. I can't contend with that. If it was one off, I could. And yet God allows us to go through it. And I want to say this too, because sometimes we know this truth that his strength is perfect in weakness. But one of the things we're going to say is, yeah, I want to have joy. I want his strength to be perfect. But, you know, I feel fear when I go through these trials. I know all the truth, but I'm I'm fearful and I don't do well in these situations. If I'm honest, maybe you're good at it. Maybe you're great at it, but I can't do it. And you're going to say these words, I can't help it. Right. And a lot of us will say that when it comes to turbulent situations, you know, just don't be fearful going through turbulence, but I can't help it. You know, don't be stressed about this person in your life, but I can't help it. Does that uh, ring a bell for some of us? Because I've said that so often. And I want to say this. You're right. You can't help it. But the good news is that God can help it. And he will cast that care on God. He cares for you and allow his strength to be perfect in your weakness. Say, God, I can't do it. I can't help it. But I know that you can. And I thank you. And I will take pleasure. I will laugh at this uh, infirmity or adversity or whatever it is. And uh, I know that I will go through it. And uh, for some reason, you're going to work even better than what you would if you were just to simply take it away and you're going to build me stronger. My prayer is that for you. I know that uh, in doing this, it's not just that God's going to take something out of your life and give you that victory, but he's going to draw you closer and closer to Christ. And that's ultimately what we want is that his joy is going to work in us as our strength, his grace. But it's also that that intimate relationship that we have with Christ 
along the journey, that he is there with us. And that's really what is going to give you the joy and to be able to say, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure in needs. I can laugh in persecutions. I can laugh in distresses. But when I am weak, then I am strong. And a reminder is to say, yes, I know you can't help it, but Christ can and he will. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.